This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Hey guys, it's Kyle. Welcome to another episode of 10 Questions with Mark Cuban, billionaire, NBA owner, and philanthropist. He has one of the most shocking scores we have ever seen on the show. I'm not going to tell you which way it goes. Talks about, does he want to be president someday? Who's the NBA player he hates losing to the most? It was an absolute treasure chest. One of the most fun episodes we have ever done. Mark Cuban, right now. Take it away, Bruce Buffer. This podcast is scheduled for 10 questions. Fighting out of New York. Standing. At five feet, 11 inches tall, and wearing the red, white, and blue trunks, presenting Kyle Brandt! Yeah! Thank you, Bruce Buffer, the best announcer in the biz, and welcome to another episode of 10 Questions, where we do not just have conversations, we have competitions. We do not have guests. We've never had a guest. We don't have a guest today. We have a contestant, just like we do every single episode. They will get 10 questions somehow, some way related to their life. If they get the question right, they get a point. If they don't get the question right, they don't get squat. And before we bring in today's contestant, Let's give today's contestant a little feel about some of the competition out there, some of the prior scores we've had here in this dojo with a little bit of a roll call. Hit it. I'm Eli Manning, and I got nine out of ten. I'm Michael the Playmaker Irving, three-time Super Bowl champion, and I got a seven out of ten. I'm Keegan-Michael Key, and I got a six out of ten. I'm Guy Fieri, and I got six out of ten. It's Kyle Cheeks. Scores are in, and here he comes. I'm excited about this one. I know you can hear it in my voice. There's some juice coming into the 10 questions arena. This gentleman is a family man. He is an OG Pittsburgh man. There is a legend about him that he was a disco instructor in college. A disco instructor. He's already dancing, and he's the closest real life has to Tony Stark. Mark Cuban, welcome to 10 Questions. What up, Kyle? Let's go. Oh. Yeah. You, is that true, Mark? Do you disco instructor back in the day? I got paid $25 an hour to go to sorority houses to teach girls how to dance. <laughs> and was there ancillary benefits in that job? No, never. <laughs> this guy's already playing the game. Um, Mark, do you know what you're in for today? No idea, Kyle. <laughs> All right. Well, it's like I said. 10 questions. They're going to be kind of trivia based, but I guarantee every single one of them has something to do with your life, your career, what you're all about. If you get it right, you get a point. You don't get it right, you don't get anything. Let's go. Worst I can get is this. One ace in the hole. Mark, if you're flummoxed, if there's something you don't know at all, you do have a lifeline. And in 10 questions, the lifeline is called Ask a Millennial. We have a real millennial in another window. When you call upon him, you can only do it once. He'll come in and try to help you. So that's in your back pocket whenever you should need it. Perfect. Here we go. Mark Cuban, 10 questions. Mark, question number one. Your category is something you know a lot about. Your category is brand names. 
Mark Cuban. Glad and Hefty are brand names of what? Trash bags. Number you said one, what, man. Mark? What did you say? Trash bags. Trash bags. Is it trash bags? Yes, sir. All right, Mark. I'm looking at you in this beautiful office you have behind you. There's the Larry O'Brien trophy over your left shoulder. So much success. Legend has it that back in the day, a young Mark Cuban growing up and outside of Pittsburgh sold trash bags door to door. Is that true? Absolutely. I wanted um, a pair of basketball shoes. I've always been a basketball junkie. And my dad was playing poker with his buddies. And I came in there, grab a donut, talk trash. And they were drinking and yucking it up. And I'm like, Dad, I want a new pair of, of Converse. And he's like, Mark, those tennis shoes on your feet, they look like they work. When you have a job, you can buy whatever you want. And one of his drunk buddies was like, hey, I can get you a job. I got all these trash bags. You can sell them door to door. And I was like, done. So imagine this, Kyle. Yeah. Hi, my name is Mark. Do you use trash bags? Yes. Yes, I do. $6 for 100 of them. I get my little red wagon. Drag it down the street, give you your trash bags. You give me six, I pay off three, three bucks a head. Done. Wow. So you're making three bucks a head. Yep. Did you end up getting those shoes and were they, were they Chuck Taylors? Tell us about the shoes. You live in the basketball world now. What were the kicks? Well, they were Chuck Taylors. They were white. They were, you know, the traditionals, right? Yeah. But, you know, my stuff was broken down. And so, you know, trying to keep up with my friends, I, I wanted a new pair. And, you know, that was the only way I was going to get them. And I got my Chuck Got my chucks. If someone would, would turn you away, you know, you, oh, Mark, you're that boy next door. No, no, no. We have plenty of trash bags. We don't need anything. Would you go back at him? Hell yeah. I'd say, I know your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to teach your disco in about 10 years. Just wait till you see them. <laughs> you just wait. Yep, I'm a, yep. All right. So, Mark, you're one for one. You're right, right off the bat. You, you got one, but it's going to get harder from here. So listen, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Let's go to question two. That one was on a tee for you. Let's see if you can stay hot. Mark Cuban, question number two. Your, your category here is zoology. Zoology. Okay. okay. Mark, what is the proper term for a baby goat? Oh, fuck. Yep. That's right. Not so easy now. Oh, and I know you're, when you say it, I'm going to remember it. Not a sh- um, so like if a dog, a baby dog is a puppy, what is a baby goat? I have no idea. Okay. No idea. Do you want to call in the millennial? No, I'll just take the L on this one. Wow, that's so interesting. That's your strategy. You want to keep the millennial and just take the L. Because I, I can always use the millennial, right? But it's goddamn, it's a baby goat. A baby goat is called something. It's kind of a strange name. And again, it relates to you. Yeah, it's not a maverick. It's not. Um, You're on the right track, though. A mav or a rig or. It's not a Dirk. Yeah, a Luca or it's a. It's not Dodge. a Luca. <laughs> but uh, you're so close. Uh, it, it's not a Porzingis. It's not a. Um, <laughs> damn. I like oh, that everybody. Li- what is it? It's a kid. It's a a kid. kid. All right, hold on a sec. Mark Cuban says it's a kid. Now, a kid is a little human. Could a kid possibly be a baby goat? Yeah! <laughs> all right, first of all, walk me through that. That was exhausting. How'd you get there? I knew it was something close, and I knew it wasn't a Maverick, and then you gave me a little bit. Yeah, you're close. That's all I needed. 
it is a kid. Your your head coach of Dallas Mavericks is also a kid with two D's. Um, Mark, that was incredible. I, I feel like you just hit like a buzzer beater from half court. Like that was amazing. Swiss gooseneck. Uh, Mark, you've had, God, you've had so many good players over the years. So many incredible players, beloved players. Um, you got Luca now. What What is special about Luca? He's just a great guy. He's a guy you want to hang out with, just chill with, um, play pickleball with, whatever. Um, he's just a good dude to hang around. Um, he yucks it up. He doesn't have an attitude. Um, he He's just chill. Mm-hmm. He's just fun. Does he have – he does. I've seen it. How do you go from the chill guy playing pickleball into the motherfucker? Like, how does he do that? Because I know he's got that too. He's got – you know, he wants to win. He, he wants to win in everything. He's got that Kobe thing in him, right, mm-hmm. where he doesn't want to play unless he can win. Mm-hmm. And that's who he is. Um, if it's a practice game, whatever, you're shooting – whatever, trick shots, whatever, pickleball, whatever, he's playing to win. Luca, a year from now, versus Dirk Nowitzki 10 years ago, one-on-one in the gym, ones to 11s, how's it go? I think Dirk, because Dirk won't miss. Um, so just in a regular one-on-one game, I think I got to go with Dirk. Dirk couldn't stop Luca, but Luca couldn't stop Dirk, and right. Dirk, four years in, is a better shooter. What you you're always been so in touch with the internet, so in touch with people are talking about Mark Cuban. What are your thoughts on hookah Luca? I mean, look, it's Drake. What are you going to say if Drake calls you out like that? You're just going to own it and have fun with it, and it's no big deal, right? You know, if it would have been somebody else, some random, it would have been like, "What the fuck is this?" But it's Drake, so you let it roll. You kind of have to, right? Those are the rules, and it rhymes, and it's kind of a catchy nickname. Like Adam, I'm not hating on it. <laughs> Cracking up about it. Who did? I was cracking up about it. There's no big deal. Mark, the player in the NBA that you love to beat the most used to be anything with the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Um, now, prob- probably Steph. Because mm. uh, okay. he's just so amazing, mm-hmm. you know, and he's been doing it so long and he's got so many rings and it, they just never know what's going to happen. He's never out of a game. I mean, he's pulling up from half court and swishing it, and he's just got – the way he shoots the ball is like nothing anybody's ever seen. And so, you know, Steph is just – he's a good dude, but mm-hmm. he, the game's never over with him in the game. Player over your entire ownership career of the Mavericks who you've hated losing to the most? Um, Shaq. Because mm. Shaq would always just give me shit. He Because I would give him shit. Like when he would miss all the free throws and everything – and he would step over the line. I would send a video into the NBA saying, look, he's stepping over the line. And then the refs would call it. And then he'd stare me down. And then, you know, he gave me shit about something. And I called him back out. Because back then, people, like, went at each other and talked shit yeah. all the time. Yeah. So I did a, um, a video that we played on the Jumbotron that was a play a playoff of um, Fat Albert. You know, hey, hey. we called it Shaq Albert and we would play it during the game and he would crack up at the free throw line. And Shaq and I are friends, but I, I just used to love to mess with him and Phil Jackson, um, the coach of the Lakers back then. Yeah, I don't know if you could do Shaq Albert now. I'm sitting here laughing at it because it was probably killer back in the day, but now they'd be all pissed and bent out of shape. Oh, we're, we're way too sensitive on that stuff. But if Shaq made a comeback, you better believe so is Shaq Albert. Hey, 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 Mark Cuban, two out of two. Unlike Shaq at the free throw line, let's go to number three. This is one of my favorite categories. Mark, we invented this category just for you. Dozens of episodes. We've never done this before. 
Question number three, Mark Cuban. The category is your own words. Here you go. While live on SportsCenter following the NBA Finals, you said that the Maverick fans did what to the Heat fans? Punk the shit out of them. He says punk the shit out of them, but that would be profanity on live TV. Here's the good news. We have the clip. Punk the shit out of them. Was that right? Roll it. And I got to say it on SportsCenter. As much as um, our fans are maligned, this and that, our fans just punk the shit out of the Miami fans, you know? <laughs> three for three! Now, here's uh, the story about that. Right? I'm drunk because I'm drinking the champagne in yeah. the locker room afterwards. And, and I go to whoever the um, reporter was, and I said, I'm going to curse. And she's like, that's okay. We're on live TV. They can't stop you. So I just went for it. How'd it feel? Felt good. It felt good. It was a really good night. What's it feel like to listen back to that all these years later? I mean, we're laughing. It's awesome, right? Since then, so it felt good. I liked uh, it. I'm glad I pulled it out. I'm sure you have one. Mark, what is your, what's your philosophy with the media? You know, it, it evolves because the media is different today than it was five years ago, than it was 10 and 20 years ago. And so I, I try to communicate knowing that the better relationship I have with them, the better things will be. Because everything is social media now. And, you know, everybody's got to be careful what they say. You know, if you're a media person, you're going to get crushed on social media no matter what you write. Right. Somebody who likes me, doesn't like me. Somebody who likes the Mavs, doesn't like the Mavs. You're going to get trolled no matter what. So everybody knows no matter what they say, there is a troll just for you. And so you have to keep that in mind. And so I try to, you know, be cordial with the media. And, and that, that actually helps because they don't like getting trolled. And the other thing is, because of social media, they're all about scoops now. Who's first? Who's first? Who's first? And so I, I always got those in my back pocket. So if there's a trade or something, I, well, I won't ever give away a trade. But if there's something else going on um, that I can feed them just to help them out, then I'll do that. And that typically, you know, gets me the benefit of the doubt. Well, we're three questions in, Mark. We've broken the ice. I'm just going to level with you here. I want to know, why, why do you fight and argue on social media because due respect, sometimes I see it and I feel like it's beneath you. Yeah. Cause I like it, you know? So I'm one of these guys who likes to check their whole car, whole card. Right. So when I go and challenge somebody, particularly now with the vaccine and all that stuff, right. Yeah. Like if I challenge somebody, maybe I'm wrong. Right. I don't think so, but maybe I am. And if somebody comes up with a, a good piece of information that challenges me and proves me I'm wrong, then I learn something. And if they're wrong, then I help someone, you know, if I help get rid of some vaccine misinformation and and change the course. And, and I've had people, you know, tweet at me or DM me, you know, dude, you finally talked me into it. You broke me down. And if I do that, that's a win. Mm. So that's the answer to why not call them or why not text them, because then it's not the live theater and you can't make any impressions on people. Exactly right. And plus, look, everybody's got that troll in them. Everybody wants to troll some motherfucker for fucking with them, right? And sometimes you just got to get it out. But let me just tell you, Kyle, 99% of the time, I'll write it out, write it out all pissed off. And then I'll realize I better not send this and hit delete. But every now and then, yeah, for sure. For sure. Because it'll be somebody like, nobody knows who this dude is. And I've made that mistake before where somebody said, talk some shit to me. And I tweeted something right back at them. And then all these people just pound and, and pounce on them. And that's not fair to somebody. You know, they were just trying to talk shit to me, never expecting that I would respond to them. So if it's just some dude or some woman that's just online and talking shit and nobody knows who they are, 
I won't say anything. But if it's a senator, like said Ted Cruz or yeah. Josh Kelly or somebody in media that's got a following and a blue check, hell yes. I'm, I'm trying to find a way just to mess with them. And if I have the time, um, then I'm going at it. Last question on this, Mark. You've always been from the hip. I mean, you're, 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 you're the maverick. You've always gone with your emotions. When you're going at them and you're getting caught up and you don't delete the tweet, you, you got a lot of people supporting you. You got a lot of things that you stand. Do you ever worry about, you know, hashtag cancellation and going too far and how that's going to come back to bite you? That's part of the drill, right? Well, two things there. One, it, you know, I'm typically only taking the battle if it's the Mavs or something I truly believe in. Yeah. You know, like people getting vaccinated that have, has, you know, can impact people's health. Um, those are the things, you know, and, and some during politics, but typically I don't get involved in politics anymore now mm -hmm. that the elections are over. Um but those are the things that, that I'll go hard on. Um, everything else is just chill. And, and it's only when I have time. Like yesterday or the day before, whenever it was, when I was going, going ape on um, a lot of the vaccine stuff, yeah. I was stuck somewhere. And I was like, OK, what else am I going to do? Let's go for it. <laughs> well, we're going to get to the vaccine and we're going to get to politics because Mark Cuban is three for three surging right now. Hasn't needed any help like D. Wade did in 06. Let's go to question number four. Mark, this one's great. You're going to love this. All right, this is Name That Movie. I'm going to play you a clip from a movie. All you have to do is listen to it and listen to the whole thing. Take it in. Say the name of the movie, and you will start a blistering four for four. You ready? Sure. Mark Cuban, name this movie. You know the thing about a shark? He's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eye. When he comes at you, doesn't seem to be living until he bites you. And those black eyes roll over white and then, oh, then you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming. Jaws. Jaws. He says Jaws. Ladies and gentlemen, is Mark Cuban four for four? Goddamn right he's four for four. But I saw Jaws. Yeah, so I'm old enough. I saw it in the theater when I was a kid and it was packed, packed solid. And there was this one seat yeah. there that, and I got that seat and turns out there's this really pretty girl next to me. And the part where the head pops up in the bow, the, yeah. the boat, this girl just grabs the shit out of me. And I'm thinking, I like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like a little kid. I'm like, this is, you know, 20 some year old girl. I'm like, Oh, this is great. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, just wait until he bites Robert Shaw in half, honey. Like, this is going to be great. Oh, my yeah. gosh. That oh is my great. See, that, that led me to Shark Tank. There's always a reason. Tell me always. about that. What do you mean? I mean, that got me in tune with the shark. So I went from Jaws and Sharks to Shark Tank. Well, that's why we got there, of course. That's why Jaws is in here. Um, shark Tank. Mark, let me give you a hypothetical. You were um, out at a bar with some friends just hanging out. Someone taps you on the shoulder. You turn around. It's a 26-year-old dude, and um, he's wearing a button-down, and he has a beer. And he goes, oh, my God, are you Mark Cuban? Does that guy more likely know you from basketball or Shark Tank? Shark Tank. Yes. Really? Yeah. Why? Yeah, it just crossed over probably six years ago when uh -huh. Shark Tank blew up. And now a lot more people know me from Shark Tank than, than the maps. Wow, that is so crazy because, I mean, it's wildly successful and, you know, yep. you're, that's so cool. But Shark Tank is unbelievably great. I want to know this because I watched a lot. What is the moment, Mark, when you know I'm out? 
when you have a tell and you're watching this kid or this woman or whatever, what is that moment, you know, mm -mm, I'm out. When there's just nothing I can do with this company where it's like, okay, can I make this company bigger? Can the entrepreneur make this company bigger? Is there some, you know, passion or purpose there that I can really help them with? Because it's not always how much money I can make. It might be that they're on some mission and I really connect to the mission. Um, and if none of those things are there, I'm out. And by the way, Kyle, going out mm -hmm. is the hardest part of Shark Tank. Why? Hardest part. Because you want to try to say something smart, you know, and this company just comes in and they sell fart candles, you know, and you're like, I don't want to sell fart candles, but you, yeah. you know, you can't just say that all the time. So, so the way you're at now with Shark Tank, uh -huh. fart candles aside, which is more appealing to you? Um, a kind of average product and business model, but just a great person with a great vibe or a great product and the person's eh, not so great. I'll take the great person all the time. Really? Cause I can, yeah. Cause I can help any product. I don't care what it is. I can make it better. Um, it's just a question whether or not I want to and have the time to, um, if somebody is a douche male or female, I don't yeah. care. There's just no reason, no reason to get in business with them. I don't need more money, mm -hmm. right? I, I want to accomplish things and help, and more importantly, help entrepreneurs accomplish their goals. That, that's why I'm there. Um, and so, yeah, I'll, I'll take the good person every time. It's got to feel better, right? When they come over and shake your hand and like, you just love this person. You're probably thinking like, I don't know about this product kid. It might be awful, but you're a good dude, right? It happened more than once, right? Yeah. <laughs> Companies have lasted, but um, yeah, it's just, it does feel good. Look, because they're there for a reason. And if their back's up against the wall and you can help them build their company yeah. and when it goes well... I mean, I've had some of the deals I've done where they've made hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh -huh. And it's just like, oh, my God, this person went from nothing or in one case sleeping in their car to just crushing it. That feels good. Hell, yeah, it does. You know, Mark, the way you're, you're, you're wired, I look at you like, um, you know, athletes think more about the shots they miss than they makes. Or there are movie stars think about the role that they passed on. Is there a product that absolutely blew up and became a huge thing that you passed on that keeps you up at night? doesn't keep me up at night, but it bothers me every time I see it, spike ball. Oh, yeah. So, tell people what spike ball is. I've played it. Well, you know when you see the, the people at the beach and they've got the little net thing on the, yeah. on the ground and they're bouncing the ball and trying to keep it in the air? That's spike ball. It's all yellow and everything. They came on Shark Tank, and their big thing was they wanted to start leagues. I like the product, but I did not want to have to be the commissioner mm. of their spike ball league. So I'm like, nah. And now – Every beach you go to, anytime you're at a park, there's always three people with spike balls. And I'm just like, oh, my fucking God. You know, just here, remind me every time. Well, Mark, you're spike balling this competition. Perfect game. Four for four. No one's speaking to you. They're just leaving you alone. Do your thing. And yet I look at question five as we get the halfway mark. Mark, the category is math. Math. All right. Uh oh. What is the closest prime number to 20? 19. Sure. Is that your answer? Yeah, prime number can't be divided by anything else but itself. Yeah. He says 19, but I've seen more conviction from him on the earlier four questions. Jaws, he couldn't wait for the clip to be over. Ladies and gentlemen, is the closest prime number to 20 19? Yeah! Oh! oh my. All right, now it's serious. Mark, we've done dozens of episodes. We've never had a 10 out of 10, ever. It's never happened. We've it's had movie stars. It, it might happen. Um, I'll ask you about the, the number 19 as it relates, of course, to COVID-19. Mark, you are strongly uh, a strong supporter of the vaccine. 
and I'm not your adversary. I'm vaccinated. My family is. I endorse it as well. You know this. There are people listening to this show. There are people watching this show who say, Cuban, shut the hell up about the vaccine. It's my choice. And I'm going to spend the rest of my life telling people not to get vaccinated. What do you say to that? It is your choice. It is absolutely positively up to you. But there's consequences that come with that. You know, if you work for me, I require my, my employees to be vaccinated um, unless there's a, a doctor's reason where they can't be. You know, like you, I don't want my kids to be at risk. So, you know, the consequences of you not being vaccinated is I'm not going to shut the fuck up. I'm going to be in your motherfucking ear driving you motherfucking crazy. You know, that Sopranos episode where Tony Soprano, where that guy just started blasting the music just to drive the neighbor crazy. Yeah. That is going to be me. I'm going to be in your ear telling you vaccinate and I'm going to give you all the stats. I'm not going to talk any shit, but numbers and facts until you do it. And if you don't, you know, I'm still going to be talking to you. And I believe it because you're backing it up and you are blasting the music. The Dallas Mavericks for attendance at home Mavericks games this year will require either proof of vaccination or Mm -hmm. a negative COVID test within 48 hours. Um, Again, a lot of people listening. Mark, come on. I just want to see the Mavs. I wear a mask. I, I've been a lifelong Mavs fan. I've been going to the games for 20 years. I got my Luka jersey. You're seriously yeah. going to make me do this thing to come in and watch your games to pay my money for your tickets? Why are you doing that, you rich SOB? What do you say to them? couple of things. One, first, let me just make it clear. I'm a believer in natural immunity, meaning if you've got COVID, then you probably are immune for some period of time. We don't know how long, but you are immune. But the only way that we can confirm that is to either A, ask you to go get a blood test to confirm you still have your antibodies, or B, just ask for a negative test. So just go get the negative test. You know, it's that simple. But that's not even the real reason um, why we do it. We've had cancer patients that are lifelong Mavs fans as well come to us and say, oh, my God, this is the only place that, you know, I feel as safe as I can be. We Knowing it's not perfect, you can't protect everybody from everything. But there are 16, what did I read, 16.9 million cancer survivors in this country. And there are 75 percent of people who have gotten at least one vaccination shot, you know. We, we have to give consideration to them as well. So you know what? If you're the dude or woman, um, whoever that won't get vaccinated for whatever reason, that's up to you. But I'd rather feel good knowing that someone who's immunocompromised or a cancer survivor is going to feel as safe as we can possibly make it coming to a game. I'll err on the side of caution for them. The people who are immunocompromised or cancer survivors that are employees, they, they, they get the W. You don't. Well. Uh, I respect what you're doing there, and I um, I respect everybody's rights at the same time, but I love your passion for it, man, and uh, I'm on your team on that one. Appreciate it. You're five for five, dude. We're halfway done. No one's gotten a 10 ever. Uh, you've already passed Bill Simmons' score, who got a four out of 10 out of 10 questions. So <laughs> you're passing him, and now there's other luminaries. I'll play with house money. Yeah, let's go. Question number six. All right, you said house money. Guess what, Mark? Category for question number six is money. is on the nickel. Jefferson. Do you think Thomas Jefferson is on the nickel? Yeah, Thomas Jefferson. Guys? Oh, maybe, wait. Yeah, Jefferson. All right. Second guessing himself. He stepped back for a second. This is fascinating. I'm looking at you, Mark, and I wonder if you're going to regret that. Is it Thomas Jefferson on the nickel? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Dude, you're unconscious. You're unconscious. How do you feel? I say Buffalo, because when I was a little kid, I collected coins a little bit, and there used to be Buffalo nickels. That I remembered, but shit. I don't know how I pulled that out of my ass for real. Six for six. It is Jefferson. Um, Mark, you have this weird thing where based on who you are and what you've done, uh, people can just Google how much money you have. It's it's a really strange thing. So right now, right, it says uh, net worth $4.5 billion. Accurate? I don't even know. I haven't added it all up. I really don't know. Approximately, a lot of that's the Mavs, right? So it depends on what you value the Mavs at. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's within range. You know, at that point, does it really matter? Yeah. Well, that's the difference. You hear about these people who have amassed this incredible wealth that it's never enough. And that, oh my God, 4.5. The next guy has 5.5. Do you have that driving you? No, fuck no. Really? No, the exact opposite. The most valuable asset that I covet is time. Mm. And that's why, you know, I did what I did. That's why I sold my company because I just wanted to, to be able to take advantage of whatever time I have. You know, whether it was time partying, time with my friends, now time with my kids, time doing things that I like. Um, you know, if you're chasing that next dollar, I mean, look, how much is that next dollar worth to me? It's just, you know, it's not going to get me anything for the most part that I can't get now. And it's not going to get me any more time. And so rather than chasing it, I get a lot more upside and leverage by helping other people and letting them do the chasing and helping them reach their goals. And to me, I get to enjoy that. It's a win. If I make more money, great. As long as I don't fuck it up and lose it all, I'm good. You just, but Mark, you still work so hard. And I know that about you. And there's this great myth about those of us who don't have vast personal wealth. We're saying, man, you give me uh, 30 million bucks in the bank. I'm living out the rest of my life on a yacht, selling mangoes on a beach. I'm just going to do nothing. Why don't you do that? I do. I get to do exactly what I want. If I, you know, when I was broke, this is the same shit I was doing. And so, you know, I like to learn. I like to read. I like to invest. I like to, you know, sell. You know, I'm a business guy that likes business. To me, best way to put it, um, business is the ultimate sport, you know, and that's the way I look at it. You know, business is a competition. Mm -hmm. And just like I'd go play pickup or go shoot buckets and, and set goals for myself, you know, and compete with myself, business is the same way. It's not that I'm working. It's that I'm competing. I wrote a book called How to Win at the Sport of Business, you know? Sure. And indulge me this, Mark. What's something that's just awesome about having vast personal wealth? A plane. A plane? Being able, yeah, that's probably, but really people got to deal with my schedule. Uh-huh. You know, the best part about it is, you know, I didn't say, Kyle, anytime, right? I'll be there. You call the time. I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. You were like, Mark, you call the time. We'll be there. And that's the way, you know, that's the biggest change in my life from before to now. People will work to my schedule and I get to sell, set my schedule. And, you know, other than the Mavs games, that, that, that's the best part. Lastly, and I've read a lot about this from different people who are, are billionaires. What's a pain in the ass about having vast personal wealth? Nothing. Nothing? I read expectations. There's expectations on you. There's guilt trips on you. Why don't you donate it all to charity? Why don't you help this? There's this constant handouts all the time. Are you just being modest and classy and saying, I don't want a bitch when I have all this money? No, or is it really not? What a great problem to have. I've been on the other side where it's like, I ain't got shit. I'm sleeping on the floor. I mean, you know, my credit cards have been cut up. Yeah. You know, bill collectors chasing me down. Fuck that, right? You know, I'll deal with people asking me for money. I'll deal with people complaining about this or that. You know, I I worked my ass off, got a little lucky. No one gets as wealthy as this. No one becomes a billionaire Mm -hmm. without luck. 
That's just the reality. And I, I don't ever want to take the time I have or the opportunity I have for granted. Well, let's not take this for granted either. Six for six, you have passed Aaron Andrews and Kirk Cousins already, and you have four questions left. We've gotten a couple nines. Mark, never a 10. Now, you said the business, uh, the competitiveness of business. How bad do you want the 10? It'd be a nice thing. You know, I'm not going to lie. Not getting it now. <laughs> All right. Number seven, Mark. Six for six. Still with the lifeline. Categories video games for question seven. Listen to this. This is weird. Super Nintendo released a video game based on Bill Clinton's White House cat. What was the cat's name? Millennial. Bring me a millennial. All right, bring him in. Bring in the millennial. Mark Cuban, I want you to meet young Richie Bozek. Richie, say hello to Mr. Cuban. What up, Richie? Mark, it's great to meet you. Same here, bro. Gentlemen, I'm going to have 30 seconds. There's a video game. It was based on Bill Clinton's cat while he was in the White House. It was like a celebrity. You know, uh, the Obamas had the dog, Bo. Guys, you have 30 seconds to talk it through. The video game was based on Bill Clinton's cat. Go ahead. Mark, I got no idea what the cat sound is. Oh, come on. Oh, um, Richie. Oh, you <laughs> I mean, we can start listening off like. Cow, cow, cow. You said it connects to me somehow. Well, it's got to connect to me, right? Yeah. So what's the connection between it, this cat and me? The cat's name was not Porzingis. It was not Trash Bag. It was not Pittsburgh. You got to think 90s. Richie was two years old in the 90s. Bill Clinton's cat. People are screaming it right now. Do you have now. a pet name? <laughs> My oh, cat... Mashugina was my cat's name and my dog's name was Tux. It ain't either one of those. Okay, but that's a good idea by Richie. And Richie doesn't usually have good ideas during these. Uh, your cat's name was Mashugina and your dog's name was Tux? Uh-huh. All right, Mark. Um, gentlemen, I'm going to need an answer. Bill Clinton's cat in the White House, of which there was a Super Nintendo game based. What was the cat's name? I need an answer. Cat. I don't know. Okay. That's interesting. Was the cat named Cat? We have drawn blood on Mark Cuban. Um, I'm sorry, Mark. I asked for help. Yeah, Richie. Richie hasn't blown someone's affairs this badly since Brett Favre, and that was a terrible, infamous moment with yeah. Brett Favre. Uh, I'm sorry, Mark. The, the name of Bill Clinton's the Clinton family cat. The tabby is a tabby. The name of the cat was Socks. S O C K S. Socks. I'm sorry, yeah. guys. Does, does that jog any memories, Mark? I know Richie, you're worthless, but do you have anything? No, to... A little bit, no. All right. Well, say say whatever you well, want and party to Richie. To me, Kyle. What was the connection to me? Well, listen, it, it has nothing to do with socks unless you invested in somebody I don't know about. This is purely uh, a White House connection, of which you might have, Mark. It was a politics no. connection. No chance. All right. Well, I'll let me ask. That. Hold on. No, don't chance. don't give me that no chance bullshit. You have talked many times in recent years about the idea of you running for president. As we're sitting here right now, what are your feelings about you potentially running this country? There's a better chance of socks running the country than <laughs> <laughs> Why? I just don't want to do it. I really, really don't. Okay. It's too much bullshit. I've had too much fun in my life. I don't want to deal with all that shit. All right. Fair. Makes sense. You've said in the past before the ideal set of circumstances line up, I'd be this running mate, I'd be this running mate. What's changed? Because, I mean, I know you're on the record of saying that. Yeah, I mean, I was not a fan of Donald Trump's. I was not a fan of being in politics at all. But when my name came up and people did polling and I was polling well, then I considered it and I talked to people about it. But now at this point, there's just no chance. Unless something runs, then I'll be his vice president. 
So you'll be socks running mate. Let, let me let, indulge me this then. In, in this apparently wild hypothetical where you would never consider it, let's say you were president. It's just, it's your pre- what, would you, what would be your goal? What would you want to do in the White House? Oh my God, there's just so many things. I mean, I, I've, set, I've set goals for the country. I think income inequality is the, the most important thing, but I'd get rid of political parties because I think that's the root of our problems. I'd say Democrats, Republican, you done. I'd bring in ranked choice voting because you know the way we pick candidates right now is just awful. So those are kind of the, the to me, if you change the political system to ranked choice voting, we all of a sudden start getting a lot better candidates and things get better. Are there people out there that you know or you look at Mark and you're like, man, they'd be great. Like they they should they should, they could help this country. They have something to say. I mean, you have so many colleagues. Like who, who's Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna right? but there are there are a lot of people, but none of them are in in politics. And that's the problem. I mean, the parties pick people because they think they can help the party and give the party more power. And this country should not be about, you know, giving more power to parties. It should be helping people in this country and making the country better. And that's just the back ass half word situation we're in. And I'm still but fucking. It's funny you say off. that they're not politicians. The Pandora's box was opened. We had a president who wasn't a politician. And I remember at one point they're like, you know who we need to take out Trump? The Rock. Dwayne Johnson. I'm like, hold on a second. The Rock is a wrestler and I love him and he's great. But does it even matter anymore? Like, I mean, I know it should, but in the popular vote, does it matter if you're a politician? No, it doesn't matter if you're a politician, but you don't have to officially be a politician to act like a politician. Mm -hmm. And so it's got to be somebody who can live up to their own ideas and their own standards as opposed to, you know, sinking into whatever the circumstance, whatever the the Republican. I mean, look, the the last president ran as a Republican. Mm -hmm. If you run within the party, you have to fit within the party. And that's the difference. I know there's a lot of history there. What's your relationship right now with Trump? He hasn't called me in a while, so no relationship right now. You guys don't text? You're not in touch at all? He doesn't really text, no. I haven't talked to him um, since he invited me to dinner a long time ago. Yeah. Did you go? No. Because you're not interested in the politics, or you just you guys had a falling out? I know there's a lot no, of stuff in the back. No falling out. I just don't want to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to go to the White House. There's no good reason to. Um, well, Mark. And if yeah, anybody for- says that's not true, I have it on tape. You had it on tape? Yeah, I recorded it. See, I always thought that you guys like were kind of rivals, but then he likes you in the end. I mean, I remember when you had the dueling reality shows and all that, and there was all this yeah. shit talking. Look, Where is it? I've been for 20 years, and you know, we got along, did, did some things, didn't do some things, and I had no problem with him until we won, you know? Because yeah. um, that's just a different job. Yeah, I always I look at you, and I'm like, nice life, family, you can do whatever you want. I always looked at Trump, and it's why would he want that job? What, what, who needs to take all that shit? And I guess the answer is, is the allure of power, right? I guess so. You know, who knows? Well, that's not from Mark Cuban. He was very clear that he has no interest in whatsoever. So we can squash all those rumors. Yep. We have three more questions left, though. Let's finish up. And Mark, this is a fan uh, favorite question topic. It always comes up every single week. This category is finish the lyric. I'm going to play for you a popular song. You're going to hear the singer. They're going to be doing their thing, and it's going to stop on a dime. And you okay. have to say what the next lyric is. And I, I plucked something. You know, I think that you were feeling it when this song was out. I met your young, young Mark Cuban, getting after it, having fun, partying. When you right. hear it, stop. Finish the lyric. Go ahead, Mark. Maybe you're just like my mother. She's never satisfied. 
When the doves cry. Yeah! <laughs> Bring them up! He was bobbing his head and he was feeling it. Mark, you are seven out of eight. Of course, it's when doves cry. Um, amazing. My, friendship. Friendship. So my buddy Kent and I rented a um, a Rolls Royce to take two girls to out and we took them to see Prince. It was like craziest night ever. Take me back. What? This is in the 80s and yeah, your and buddy it, got the Rolls Royce and you're coming into money and you're doing Tell me about that night. So we just rented Rolls Royce, went to see Prince. Prince was amazing. And then we went to Burger King afterwards. And we have pictures of us sitting on the roof of the Rolls Royce, me, my date, and Kent and his date, eating our burgers on top of the Rolls Royce. You got to send me that picture. Do you have that picture somewhere? (laughs) (laughs) I do have that picture still. See, one of the things I like about you, Mark, is that you are, I said at the top, you're a family man. You're all about the wife and the kids. Every story seems to be, well, the disco dancing story. I got to teach the girls. I saw Jaws. There was a girl next to me. Prince, I went to the theater. Back in the day, I mean, that was a good time. My gosh. I'm asking you about the Prince because Prince's band was the new power generation. We talked about this a little bit in the last question. Mark, you have wealth. We talked about you also have power. Which is better? Wealth. Yeah, I don't care about the power. Power is an obligation. You know, power isn't really anything unless you really try to use it for something. And I'd rather, rather than saying, don't you know who I am or I've got this and you've got to give me that. I'd rather have the quality of my thoughts, the quality of my ideas, the the quality of my effort and execution stand on its own. The whole idea is like, Hey, look at me. You know, you better listen to me because of who I am. That's bullshit. I don't, I don't go for that shit at all. I can tell. And you never have, but Mark admit this and there's no shame in it. When's been a time when you've actually asked the question, don't you know who I am? I know you have. It's fine. Oh, yeah. To get into a club. <laughs> and they go, sorry, dude, you're not on the list. You're going to have to stand right over here. And it says so in my Bluetooth. Yeah, pretty much. That was it. And and I walked away and I said, that's cool. I understand. You know, I, I pulled it and it didn't work. And he was like, I'm sure you understand, Mark, because he meant he knew who I was. And, you know, sometimes you take the L and you just move on. It's not worth it. All right. Well, listen, though, but the serious thing, power, one thing to get a table at a restaurant, you with wealth cannot dictate that Mavs fans will have to show up vaxxed or with the test. Like that's power. Isn't there power to be used uh, benevolently? No, no, no. I mean, do the right thing. If you do the right thing, then that carries it a lot further than trying to impose your will or impose, use power for something. You know, it's like the vaccine. You know, some people disagree. Obviously, a lot of people disagree. But I think, you know, all the research, all the data, all the scientists I've talked to, um, getting the vaccine is the safest option. Mm-hmm. And, you know, two, you know, 250, whatever the million people in this country have gotten vaccinated. I forget the exact number. So, you know, a lot of people agree. But I, I'd rather just try to do the right thing. That's the most powerful thing you can ever do. Damn, you are really, I mean, I know a lot of people are, I myself, you are really passionate about the vaccine. It's relentless. It's, it's, you, you may think about it all day, don't you? Yeah. I mean, not all day, but you put my family at risk. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. How do you deal with your kids with that, Mark? I know you're, you have children. Like, what do you teach them about that? Same. Everything I just told you, right? Yeah. I mean, my, my son and I, who's 12, had a back and forth on probability and, and odds and, you know, comparing the risk factors and how you need to make these decisions and, you know, what's good data, what's bad data, what are good sources, what are bad sources, because that's part of growing up and understanding, you know, you know, some, sometimes the greatest skill you can have is learning who not to listen to. Mm-hmm. God, that's great. 
don't listen to anybody who says you're not good at 10 questions, Mark, because you're seven out of eight. You just passed Aaron Rodgers, who only got a six. You passed him. I am still sick of socks, man. I'm still sick of that. <laughs> See, this is the funniest shit. You're going to be doing your, doing your business. Someone's going to walk to you. Socks the cat, Mark. How do you not know socks? <laughs> you know that will happen, and I will get sick to my stomach. Well, listen. I get these next two right. All right, eight out of 10, two questions left. Mark, let's finish really strong. Why don't you get them both? Question number nine with Mark Cuban, one of the best contestants we've ever had. Your category is team sports. Team sports, all right? Mark, how many points is a goal worth in water polo? One. It says one point. Water polo nation, water polo Twitter, is a goal worth one point? And so is that. (laughs) Why not? One, right? (laughs) Yeah, right? Um, I'm asking you about... I didn't know if it was more than one. Yeah, I mean, it's... Shit, it's two in basketball. Who knows? It's one in water polo. I'm asking you about goals in water polo because uh, we've kind of danced around this a little bit. But right now, I know you're really goal-oriented. What are your goals for the next five years, for the rest of your life? What do you want to do? Just you know, help my kids. It's all about my family now. Um, just it's their future. That's my future. And trying to put them in a position where they're happy with their lives. That's it. Period. End of story. What makes them happy? I'm doing the same thing. I have two kids. They're a little bit younger, They're seven and five. And I can see that sometime, no matter how much money you have or how famous you are, like if the kid is pissed off, you're pissed off. How do you do it? I mean, my kids are 12, 15 and 18, little boy and two girls. And you know, I can't do any right, you know, and so I just got to bide my time and try to be there and um, as best as I can. My wife and I, particularly, you know, when you have an 18 year old daughter, the minute they turn my daughter's turned 15, my wife and I got really, really stupid, really, really fast. <laughs> and so you just got to try to be there and, and wait it out. And they say that always they always come back. So we're trying to help them as much as we can and always be there. And my son, you know, it's different. We can tell poop jokes. I can give them a Dutch oven. You know, we can go out, <laughs> shoot hoops. We can, you know, yeah. talk crap. Um, so it's a little bit different. And I'm trying to enjoy those moments while I can. How do you recreate, Mark, the moment when you were at the poker game with your dad and decided you could sell trash bags because your I'm children. Because today was a big day in Cuban nation. Time. Because my son is a huge fan of G Fuel. I don't know if you know what G Fuel is, right? It's drink mix. And he yeah. packed, created little packets and he hired a salesperson and one of his buddies at school to go out and sell those packets with a huge markup. And he calls me just freaked out today. So cool. And he goes, dad, 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 how much do you think I made from selling G Fuel? And I was like, $30, higher, 50, higher, 100, higher, 200. He made $252 because he ended up having three salespeople working for him out there. It's incredible. And wow. I was like, Dang, oh my God. And I told him, literally told him, you passed my garbage bag record by tenfold. I mean, that's just awesome. God, congratulations. That's a big day. I feel like you graduated. Um, the dude is, is my little mini me. I mean, he mines Ethereum <laughs> on my computer, his computer. I mean, he's killing it. Wow. Well, give that kid a big old Dutch oven from dad. It sounds like he's <laughs> All right. So, Last question. Mark Cuban, uh, you have passed Matthew McConaughey and Brett Favre and are now in rare air in the 10 questions history. And you're in luck because question number 10 is going to be perfect for you. It's an essay. It's always an essay for number 10 for every contestant. That means I have found something that you have said. 
and okay. a take that you've had. You have the floor to back that up and convince me of it. If you do, you get the point. If I'm like, nah, Cuban, you're full of it. I don't give you a point. Here you go. Yep. Mark Cuban to tie our all-time 10 questions record with a 9 out of 10. Mark, you once said, this is a direct quote, it's not about money. It's not about connections. It's about the willingness to outwork and outlearn everyone. Convince me that that is an accurate statement. The floor is yours. When you're an entrepreneur and you're starting a company, you have complete uncertainty. You may have confidence in your product or service, but it always comes down to you. And if you're able to out-prepare, out-work, out-sell, put in more effort than the people you're competing with, you're always going to have a shot to succeed. Because the one thing in life that you can control, Kyle Brandt, is your effort. Mm -hmm. It's fucking beautiful. It is beautiful. Let me push back one second. You guys, this guy's in the, this, some guy's in the mailroom. He doesn't have any connections. He doesn't have any money. He doesn't have any relationship with his parents. He's yep. busting his ass. People yep. are moving past him because they know people and because they have money and they're daddy this and daddy that. And they're listening to be like, God damn it, Cuban. I want to build myself up. I'm busting my ass. It's not working. What do you say to them? Got to be great at something. It's not just about being good and doing your job and getting through the day and not creating any problems. It's about what can you be great at? And that's where the effort comes in. Now, you're not, there's, you're not going to just be able to pick and choose and be great at it. I couldn't be great at basketball or hockey or a lot of different things, right? So you got to try as many different things. Because like I said before, it doesn't matter how many times you fail. You just got to be right one time. That's it, one time. So if you're, you're busting your ass in the mailroom and that ain't it, what are you doing at night? What do you do in the weekends? What can you make that you can sell to other people? What is it that you can buy that you can sell to other people? What is it you can sell online? What is it that you, what service that you can offer? Can you go and teach Alexa how to do skills and go door to door? Whatever it is, you've got to find that one thing you can be great at, build a business around that, bust your ass, and it's possible. This guy is a 10 questions legend, and he's got a nine out of 10. You got the point, Mark, and you have finished the 10 questions with a nine. Where's my millennial? You need new millennials. <laughs> uh, it's the all-time highest score. You tie it. Are you thrilled about the nine? Or are you so pissed about Sox the Cat? I'm hurting. Look, I'm thrilled I got the nine, but I'm hurting deep inside because, you know, even when you're on the top yeah. and you're getting the best scores, you know as a competitor you have to trust your teammates. And there I was with the ball. I knew the defense were going to come to me because they knew I was supposed to take the shot. I passed the ball. Mm -hmm. Imagine that if before. that happens, we're in this together. Me, my millennial, it just happens. I still love you. Maybe. This is uh, Michael Jordan sees the double team and passes to Steve Kerr. And Steve Kerr just airballs it into the third row and the Bulls don't win the title. That's what happened, basically. I mean, he didn't even take the shot. All we got was <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, uh, Mark. That is, that is one of the most fun I've ever had on the show. You are the best. And all the advice you gave out today, you give with full credibility as a guy who slept on the floor and sold trash bags. Uh, you're incredible. Thank you so much for doing this. Wait, 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 wait. What do we Jack, got? How much, how much money did you make today? $250. Oh, there it is. Wow. <laughs> tell us about it. And you just killed it, right? Yeah. How's it feel? It's pretty fun. Yeah. 
But you're giving bonus to your salespeople, right? I am giving bonus to my salespeople. Yeah, because he was only paying them a dollar each for sale. Well, because it started out in one serving packets, but then we moved up to 40 serving tubs yes. of it. So. Are we selling more tomorrow? Let's get right back out on the streets. Look at this guy. You're going to be buying your own place soon. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of your dad. Tell your dad he did a great job today. He won't say <laughs> All right, Mark, uh, both the Cuban boys, last order of business. Every single person who finishes here does a call out where they think of one public figure, some celebrity, whatever it may be, to come in and try to challenge your nine out of 10. Take a minute, Mark. Think of someone you want to come into this Coliseum and try to beat you. I was thinking earlier when you were talking so much uh, bleep about Shaq that that might be good, but it's up to you. Anybody you want in your world who you think could beat your nine out of 10 or try. All right, I'll call out Shaq. Because Shaq and I are now partners in a business. Okay. So, okay, Shaquille, this is on you. Come out, play your 10. Let's see what you got. Can you beat my nine? Especially since I talked about you. I talked about you in the show, so you got to come out. You talked about him because you mocked him with Shaq Albert, right? Yes, I did. <laughs> All right, Shaq, it's up to you. And for everybody else, for the Cuban family, that is one of the most fun we've ever had on the show. That is 10 Questions. Mark, thank you so much. You're really a legend. And obviously, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. That's my guy. Thanks, Kyle. That was a lot of fun. No lie, I thought I was going to pull a one, but you guys set me up. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Socks the cat. We will see you next time on 10 Questions. Cuban cannot believe it. Thank you for listening. This episode of 10 Questions was produced by Arjuna Ramgopal, Steve Allman, and Richie Bozek. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.